This is Tim. This is Online Big Blue, bringing you the best of New York Giants sports talk entertainment. Oh, what a fun day we had yesterday at the Giant game. Uh, not with the tie. We're going to talk about the tie, but we had a lot of good times. I brought the Big L with me. Um, we did the opening flag uh, ceremonies for the national anthem. So Big L and I were on the field. We were one, we were the ones helping roll out the big flag, which was a lot of fun. Which which was a really good time. So I want to I want to give the Giants a lot of credit for inviting us to do that. That was a lot of fun. Also want to give a big shout out to Leonard Marshall. Uh, Leonard Marshall, who's been uh, signing autographs at the coaches club pretty much all season. Um, we, we ran into him again and I have to, I have to, you know, it actually, it, um, um, you know, it, it, it made me, it gave me a warm, fuzzy feeling cause he knew who I was. He knew me by name. <laughs> so, uh, and it was interesting though, because, uh, and not to bore the younger fan base, but when you think of Leonard Marshall, you think about the big hit on Joe Montana, uh, the one that knocked him out of the game. You know, that's what you think of. And that's what you would think that he would think is his play of the game or his play of his career or the play of his moments. But, you know, and he had a very, he had a great career. But honestly, it was the hit that knocked out Jay Schrader in 86 that was the play that it, that stands out in his memory. Because he told us the story and I thought it was awesome. And, um, and like I said, it, it was outside of the tie. It was just a great, uh, it was a great day. It was a great experience. We got there like at eight o'clock in the morning, didn't get home. I didn't get home until after eight. So, um, so again, to the Giants, big shout out, big thank you. Oh, the Giant game though. I laugh now, and I should stay off Twitter, but I laugh now because now I see people on Twitter saying, this team doesn't have the talent to compete. This team is this now. This team is this. Everything that I've been ripped for saying for since the beginning of the season, people are now coming back around to saying. So it's it, they overachieved in the first part of the season. The ball bounced their way. They played bad opponents. And you can only play the people that are on your schedule. But now as you're getting into the money part of the schedule, as it turned out, the Giants had the hardest ranked schedule in the second half of the season. You're starting to see the cracks in the facade. You're starting to see Danny Dimes. And I don't call him that. He, he, to me, he's Danny Dink and Dunk. And it's the lack of faith. I find your lack of faith disturbing. That the coaching staff does not have in Daniel Jones, which is self-evident through this game. And I find it interesting that if you are in the stands and if you are watching this game and you are listening to the people around you, and I think if you create content or you do something, you should go to these games because that's how you actually get the feel and the pulse for this team. There is no confidence in the stands when Daniel Jones has the ball and he is needed to do something. There is no confidence. There is there is no rousing. There's a couple people, but there's no rousing cheers. There's no, come on, Danny Dimes, you could do it. There's nothing. There's, there's almost an air of something is going to go wrong. He is going to take a sack. He's going to put us in the wrong position. That, you can feel it. You can literally feel the air get sucked out of the stadium when that happens, when he comes in. And, and it's, kind of, it's kind of interesting because you kind of wait for the entire game for the Giants uh, to have that one drive. And the Giants always have that one drive in the game that that gives you confidence in Daniel Jones. Never me, but you get confidence in Daniel Jones from that one drive. And that one drive happened to occur inside the 30 um when you know you know inside our own 30. That was our that was our one big drive. That was our one big touchdown drive. But it, it's just one of these things that there's just there's just no air of confidence. And people are going to say, "Well, Daniel Jones was so efficient. Look look at his look at his you know look at his 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 passing percentages and this. He was twenty five for thirty one for two hundred yards and fifty five on it came on a nice play again by Darius Slayton. 
And they're going to say he led the team with 12 rushes for 71 yards. It, it doesn't do anything if you're running between the 20s. You drive for show, you putt for dough. You get inside the 20, you need to score. You cannot come up with three points. You cannot, you cannot trust Graham Gano all the time. And I'm not even going to get into his fumble. But when you're 25 for 31 for 255 came on a nice play from your wide receiver, yeah, you may have accuracy, but you're only having the ball go six yards at a clip. I'm sorry. He's just not the guy. And more and more that we get into the money season, you are seeing it. When the the Giants at the end, when they were trying to come back at the end, and they were trying to come back after the tie, Daniel Jones had... He threw the ball a couple times deep. And and everyone's going to talk about the Darius Slayton drop. It wasn't the Darius Slayton drop. Darius Slayton beat his man. Daniel Jones had a clean pocket, lollipop the throw, and came up short. Sorry, I was there. I was sitting in the 17th throw on the 50-yard line. I was there. The second play he went deep, it was the same thing. It was a bad throw. It was a bad decision on a bad and a bad throw. And the people are going to blame Kafka for the play calling. It's not Kafka. Does anyone not find it interesting that two regimes in a row have now looked at Daniel Jones and said, we need to go conservative. We need to have him be a game manager and not have us get hurt in reference to turning the ball over because they don't trust him. It's the lack of faith. I find your lack of faith disturbing. That's what it is. So don't blame Kafka. They go into the tank because of the fact that they are afraid what Daniel Jones is going to do. I found it interesting. I guess it was a minute 33 left when they tied the score, when, when actually when, uh, Washington came down and got the touchdown. And, and I said to Big L, I said, do you think Riverboat Ron's going to go for the two-point conversion? Because there's still like a minute 33 left. He said, do you think he's going to go for the two-point conversion? And I said, because, you know, I, I probably wouldn't. I'd probably kick the field goal, you know, just go in 2020 because you know you can, you know you can hold the Giants' offense if you put the ball in Daniel Jones' hands. You know you can do this. And that's exactly what they did. And it's funny, though, because I was listening to, the, um, uh, to Bob Pop and Carl Banks, and I find it interesting that Carl Banks, to me, used to be the biggest Giants homer in regards to everything Daniel Jones and everything else. He really did. He really seemed to be that homer to me. But in the last six weeks, he is kind of the pendulum has kind of swung even for him. He had mentioned on multiple occasions where Daniel Jones went to the first read checkdown that he had guys open downfield and he didn't even look. I three times I heard him say that on the broadcast. Three times that Daniel Jones didn't even look, that he just checked down and he had guys open downfield. That's just what it is. He is what he is. He's not going to be back next year. And for the people that defend him vehemently, open your eyes. And for people that sit there and say, well, you, you, know, you don't know this and you don't know that. Uh, really? Okay. Your own offensive coordinator, your own head coach does not want to put the ball into Daniel Jones's hand. D- Brian Dable three weeks ago came out and said, if we have to throw the ball 35 times, I don't know if we can win. You can blame the wide receivers. You can blame the you you can blame the lack of protection. You can blame all these things. And, and like I said, I'm not a big Skip Bayless fan, but Skip Bayless said the best. And if you're blame always blaming the wide receivers and the offensive line, you don't have a quarterback. It's time to look. We are stuck with Daniel Jones for the rest of the season. We are. 
Now the playoffs pitcher is getting a little murky with the tie because we're still over in the division. We have we lost the tiebreaker to the Seattle who beat uh, who who beat the Rams yesterday, so it's get it's going to get a little bit it's going to get a little bit more interesting. I also got to give I also got to give Carl Banks credit too. Um, he mentioned even during the broadcast that um, you know the 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 Giants kind of have their own destiny in their own hands in reference to the playoffs, uh, but they can't go over in the division. There's potentially they could go oh for the division. Because you still have Washington at home, you have Philadelphia, and then you have Philadelphia twice. And, uh, and you've already lost to Dallas twice, so you can go 0-5-1 in the division, which will not help you if you run into any tiebreakers. And I kept saying this, win was a win, this was a win that was needed, and it was a win that was needed. A tie doesn't hurt us as much as a loss. But it, 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 again, it's just one of these things that you kind of look at And you're just like, and and it was interesting because you kind of knew at one point the Giants were playing for the tie. It's almost like in the, in the fourth, excuse me, in the overtime, they were playing for the tie. So it, it just, I don't know. It it just, and I, you know, and like I said, I am not, I am, I am more upset that we lost. And like I said before, I'm just enjoying the season because it's, it's the lack of talent that is on this team. We face the 11, one Eagles. Then we go to the commanders who are coming off a bye. Then we still have the Minnesota Vikings. Then we still have the Indianapolis Colts. The combined winning percentage for the teams we play now is seven. Uh, what is it? Seven two point one seven seventy two percent is the winning percentage. So right now, Seattle's improved to seven and five to moved into the seventh seed. The ma- the Commanders are now in the eighth and one spot out of the playoff picture. So if the Giants lose and the Commanders win, then the Giants are at, then the Gi- and the Seattle wins, then the Giants fall out of the playoffs. It, it's just going to be a tough road. You you have a you have a Herculean task coming up the next couple of weeks that you kind of have to uh, that you kind of have to figure out what the hell's going on. But like I said, it's almost like at one point that the Giants were playing for the tie, and I find it interesting that the Giants. Uh, they chose to punt with one forty two left in OT, and the Giants had fourth and three on the Washington forty five yard line. Why not go for it or attempt to just attempt a long field goal, but they took the delay a game and they punted. So I, I, I find that I found that a little interesting. Uh, I've been playing. I, I, I played a video. I've been playing a video in the beginning of the uh, giant players coming in off the field. And I, it, you, you got to slow it down because Shane is in that video and Shane was pissed. Shane was pissed when he came off that field. He he actually, and I find it interesting that he actually ran on the field, ran back onto the field on overtime with about five minutes left, and boy, he was pissed. You, you, he was like, I can't. He was at one point. You could see him saying, "I can't believe we at Mother Effing lost this, lost this game." But right now, the Eagles are six and a half point favorite over the Giants at home. Uh, like I said, it, it, it was once again, it was just, it was just in the defense itself. The defensive line has got to figure it out. <laughs> Washington had 36 carries for 165. Heineke did not have a good game, even though he was 27 for 41 for 275 and two touchdowns. We put some pressure on him. Kayvon Thibodeau we had the nice sack in overtime, but he's got to learn to try to go after the ball. And it's his second. It was only his second sack of the season. It was nice to see Aziz Ojolari come back with a big strip sack in the third quarter. He also recovered recovered his own fumble. But the run is going to kill us. Zion Gilbert, man, 
Zion Gilbert missed the tackle on Dobson's 28-yard uh, touchdown to tie the game late in the fourth quarter. He was getting beat like he stole something, Zion Gilbert. And then I love it because he makes a play. Him and him and him and Fabian. He made a play, and he he, I, he got so excited for himself. And then the next play, he gets burned. And it's like, dude, you know the. And, and I do think that sometimes, I, I, and I've said this before. I think sometimes with the Giants now, they're believing their own press. They're they're believing they're believing their own clippings. Because of the fact that you can't, you were, Zion was getting beat like he stole something all game long at one point. And then you make one play and you're, and you're gonna, and you're gonna make it like you just won the Super Bowl. And I know it's your first game, but they always say, act like you've been there. We gotta figure something out against Philadelphia. Do I think we're gonna win this game against Philadelphia? No, I don't think we're gonna win the game, Philadelphia. I think we may get blown out in this game because Philadelphia's defense is too good. They, they have too much offensive firepower. Um, I'm, I'm, and like I said, I was worried that we could potentially lose after the Detroit game. And I said it on a podcast before after the Detroit game, I was concerned that we could potentially lose every game for the remainder of the season and only finish with seven wins. Um, so, I mean, you, you got to hope the Indianapolis game is something. Could we, I mean, we may finish with seven wins. We finished, and like I said, it would still be a good season finishing with seven wins. Cause I said five. But I just love how everyone's turning around and saying, well, this team doesn't have any talent. Weeks ago, we were fucking world beaters. We were competing. People were dropping off my, unsubscribing to my channel because I was so mean. No, how about the fact that I was just being honest? And now that you're finally seeing it and coming around, people are like, well, this team just doesn't have the talent to compete. Blah, 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 blah. Will I go to the Philadelphia game? I'm probably going to end up going to the Philadelphia game. Been going a lot. Like I said, I, I feel, and like I said, the channel is going dark February 17th. It has nothing to do with the season. It's, it's just time to move on and do other things. And if you haven't listened to it, go listen to it. Get off my lawn. The Mad Ramblings of Gen Xer. It's a podcast. It's, uh, you know, it's political. It's entertaining. It's entertainment. It's news. It's everything. It's a lot of fun to do. We're everywhere the podcast is found. It's really taken off and really blown up. And those that have left nice reviews on iTunes, uh, thank you so much. Um, and if anyone else is on iTunes, please leave a review. Now, I, I, you know, it's good that you leave the five stars, but reviews are good too. I, I like when people leave, leave reviews because I feel like uh, I get an understanding and idea of what people like and don't like about the channel. So I think we have like 210 five-star reviews already. We've only got like 12 episodes, so it's crazy. And, and I really appreciate everyone that comes on and, uh, you know, and listens and downloads. So again, from the heart, thank you so much. Uh, big shout out. I, I miss uh, Lorenzo. I'm sorry, man. I didn't get your message till late. We were at the other side of the Pepsi Center. Uh, we had to be at the game at 8.30, and you, we actually were in the stadium at 8.30 to do flag practice and everything, so we were actually off to the side where the team buses come in. Uh, so we weren't really in the stadium. We were kind of like in the stadium, but uh, by one of the entrances to the entrance to the field, so we, we were in a tent over there. So I'm sorry I missed you, Lorenzo. Hopefully you had a great time at the game. Uh, if I do go to the game, I'll let everyone know because, um, like I said, it's, uh, we're, running out, we're running out of time in the season. But let's move forward. Let's do what we need to do. And again, this is Tim with the Online Big Blue, bringing you the best in New York Giants sports talk entertainment. And as always, if you could like, if you subscribe, if you're ring that bell, you think it means that'd be awesome.